Wild women, welcome. This is the Femme Podcast. If you're new around here, I'm Jack, one half of the Femme Duo. Before you dive into today's episode, I want to give you a heads up. The Femme Podcast is on season number two. You're about to listen to an episode from season one, which was the Spiritual Smackdown podcast where we invited women to rise from rock bottom. So season one is all about the Spiritual Smackdown. Season two is all about rising from greatness to greatness. More on top of more on top of more. It's where we tap into everything your woman desires. The money, the sex, the wealth, the power, the pussy desires. Start here and then come join us for season two. We're waiting. It's like a little tap on the butt or a huge womp on the booty. A spiritual smackdown is the universe's way of saying, hey, you, it's time for a change. It's time to listen to your intuition. You know, that little voice you've been ignoring. It's time for something bigger, something miraculous. But before you get to experience those highs, you got to shift through the lows. Oh, those lows. And those often start at rock bottom. Hey, I'm Rob. And I'm Jack. We're best friends and business partners. We life together, work together, play together, and somehow we ended up here. With a community of thousands of badass, beautiful women who want more from life than staying surface level. Welcome to the Spiritual Smackdown Podcast. This is for the wild woman ready to rise. The woman ready to up-level her game in soul-driven business and elevate to the next level of her being. This podcast is going to connect you with women who are out in the world having a massive impact. This podcast is going to call on your truth. This podcast is going to initiate massive breakthroughs in your life and business to bust through the limits that are keeping you stuck exactly where you are right now. We're going deeper than surface level. We're going to the depths of healing to trigger your revolution. We're tapping into the struggles of growing and operating six-figure businesses, being totally broke and then rising to riches. We're diving into the spiritual growth, getting clear on what you want, learning how to ask for it, owning your worth, gaining confidence, and becoming a total queen of pleasure to raise your vibe and magnetize your reality. We're teaching you how to get strategically aligned in your business and challenging you to strip your business of all the weighted shoulds. And then we're going to watch your bank account start growing with more ease than ever before. So welcome to this space, a space for you to finally understand and celebrate that where you are right now is the perfect place to rise. So go ahead and hit subscribe on iTunes, fill your cup with coffee or wine, and come get real with us as we spit our truth and get ready to rise. Hello, wild ladies. Welcome back to the Spiritual Smackdown podcast for the wild women ready to rise. You guys, it has been a big 12 months for Robin and I, and it all started with the decision one year ago when we decided to massively up level. We decided to go all in on a coach. We decided that investing in ourselves was our top priority. We decided we were worth it and that we believed in ourselves. So one year ago, we hired our coach, Melanie Ann Layer. It has been such an incredible journey. It has been a ride with her. We initially started, we joined her mastermind program where we met so many incredible women who are up-leveling in their business. They became our soul sisters, our hypermind sisters. Then we moved into two-to-one coaching with her. And as we look back on this year and celebrating this one-year anniversary working with Melanie, we decided to take it back to the podcast episode we did with her one month into working with her. I think about six weeks into working with her, we recorded a podcast. It was one of our favorite podcasts to date, and we wanted to bring it back for you so that you could dive in, see where we were one year ago, see where Melanie was one year ago. This podcast is all about desire, is about desire activating the universe. And we do not know anyone more qualified to talk about this. Melanie truly leads in her life and her business from a place of desire. Listening back to this episode, I remember celebrating her $2 million year around this time last year. You guys, in September, she just celebrated a $1 million month. 
This is the coach we're choosing to align ourselves with. These are the energetic portals that we walk through every single day. We are walking with her. We are shifting with her. Taking you back to this podcast episode feels so incredible. I'm thinking now that as we come into November, this podcast was recorded November 2019. We're going to bring her back for November 2020 podcast so you guys can see her growth, our growth within the past year. I'm so excited to be sharing this with you guys. At the end, you will hear us talking about the Wealthy Mind Mastermind that we had launching a year ago. You guys were just gearing up Wednesdays at 11. Our new Femme Mastermind just sold out. We're gearing up to opening spots in Thursdays at 11. If you are ready for an experience like this, if you're ready to dive into a mastermind with women who lead themselves with community, now is the time. Let us know. Send us a DM on Instagram so you can get on the wait list for Thursdays at 11. You guys, we are so, so excited today. Our guest that is coming on is our own coach, Melanie Ann Lair from the Alpha Femme brand. And as soon as we got introduced to Melanie's world, we were just blown away by how she leads other women, how she leads herself, the programs that she puts out. We are part of her hypermind where she just attracts the best of the best female entrepreneurs and leaders. And it is so juicy in there and so juicy working with Melanie. And we're so excited to have you here, Melanie. I am over the moon. This is awesome. Thank you for having me. Of course. So I don't know how familiar you are with the spiritual smackdown term or podcast, but One of the things we talk a lot about with our listeners and community are those places that we get to in life where we find ourselves literally smacked down. (laughs) And you get to that place and you're just like, what is happening? Why me? These are some of the questions, you know, that kind of run through your mind when your spirit gets thrown off kilter. And Our first question for you is, when you hear the term spiritual smackdown, what does that mean to you? Like, what comes to mind? First of all, it makes me laugh because I have had the mother of all spiritual smackdowns. Like, I've just brought right back to a time in my life when I'm hearing you describe it. I'm like, I know when mine was. So I think that, you know, different people have different moments where they experience this, like, dark night of the soul kind of vibe. And I'm very clear when mine was my spiritual smackdown, as you call it. I know exactly when it was. Oh my gosh, I love the way you just say it. it's like the dark night of the soul. And the reason why we, you know, why we share these experiences is because so often, you know, people see where we're at now. They see like, you know, where we've grown through the smackdown. They see like the rise, but it's like really important, I think, to share our stories with other women so that when they're in that place, when they're in that rock bottom, when they don't know what tomorrow looks like, that they know like other women have been there. Other women have grown through this. Other women have like risen from this. Oh my gosh. I so agree. That is, uh, yes, 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 yes. So let's dive in. Can we like just go right to your spiritual smackdown and tell us what that looks like? You want me to tell my spiritual smackdown? Well, if you want to. (laughs) Oh my good Lord. Hold on one second, because I feel like this deserves a little bit of, I mean, I feel like we just (laughs) threw that at you a little bit. So the thing about... The spiritual smackdown is there's so many layers. It's like an onion. Melanie Ann Lair, you are a woman of many layers. And so was your spiritual smackdown. Yes. Right? There's like one layer that gets peeled off and then another. And then you find something else deeper. And then there's something else to be healed. So this is an invitation for you to peel back one layer. And if another layer gets peeled back, then that's fine too. But we're not looking to expose You know, we don't need to go to the deep, dark night of the soul if that's not where you (laughs) want to go. This is just an invitation to welcome women to your world to see where you've been. And because where you are is such a miracle for so many women and especially our listeners. I know that everyone's going through something, right? Everyone's at a different phase. Everyone's peeled back 
a certain amount of layers and they end up in a different spot. So we are just hoping that one layer of your spiritual smackdown might resonate with someone out there who's listening to help give them that little bit of soul medicine that they need to say like, oh my God, Melanie did that? Like, yeah, I can do that too. So I'm glad you were talking about the peeling back the layers because this is something that I've come to realize as I talk about my story in different podcasts and different platforms is that it's not one story. It's multiple moments that occurred. And in hindsight, I can tell it as a story, but it's not one story. It's like, I had so many smackdowns. It's literally, it was like a gang fight by the end of it. I was just (laughs) held down and punched in every spiritual direction. Like I didn't just break down in one area. That's the, that's the problem with my story or the overwhelming piece of the story is that it was the process of everything breaking down. I had been in a relationship with the men for seven years, struggling to keep it alive, struggling to stay with this person, even though he was so the wrong person for me, breaking my heart over and over and over again. I'm staying in this and like just subjecting myself to absolute disaster over disaster with him just to not give up, coupled with like trying to help him get him inspired and motivated to be successful, but putting more energy in his success than in my own. So I help him become the manager at the job that I work at. And then I've got all these friends, but I'm I'm really keeping my friends at an arm's distance because I want to appear stronger and better than I am because I can't handle being not the best person in the room. So I'm not really real with my friends and my family can see right through this guy I'm with and they don't like him and they've never proved anything I've ever done. So I'm not going to tell them anything. And I've alienated my family now. And you know, I've got this job that's got no purpose. I've left high school, like I dropped out of high school. I've got this purposeless job selling like QVC shopping channel products and in Walmart, but I'm making tons of money at it because I'm good at it, but it's like cheap, no soul involved work. And then all of a sudden I realize that I've gotten to the end of my rope with this guy. I leave him. He fires me from my district and my job. I end up having to go work miles away from my house that I had with him because he won't let me work in my district. And I'm having panic attacks, anxiety attacks, because he moves on too fast. And I wasn't ready for that. And then I can't sell. And I my paychecks dwindle to nothing. And I've alienated friends and family. And I'm bitter that no one cares that I'm struggling, but I haven't told anybody I'm struggling. So now I've alienated my family. I've alienated my friends. I've broken up with the guy who's moved on too fast, who's fired me from the job. And next thing you know, I go freaking bankrupt. I can't pay for my hotel room and I'm sleeping in a Honda Civic in the parking lot of a Canadian Tire in Sherbrooke, Quebec. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? There is nothing left of me. Nothing works. Nothing. Yeah, that's a smackdown. That's a smackdown. It's like every area of my life broke. All of it. Every single thing. And my heart rate was going 200 beats a minute. I went to the hospital, like, what is wrong with me? They prescribed me depression, anxiety medication. I was giving myself panic attacks. My health, my wealth, my mind, my heart, my friends, my support system, my money, my financial stability, my future, everything went down the toilet. And I'm sleeping in this car and I'm just like so ashamed of myself and so mad at him and so mad at the world. And I had no just no idea why it was happening because I had thought in my mind that I was such a good person. You know, when you give everything to everybody else, that's somehow said to be you're a good person. You give everything you've got to other people and then you're bitter and resentful and that somehow makes you a good person. That was like my vibe. And I was just a version of me that's hard to even say was a version of me right now. Like there really has been such a journey from going from that girl to the the person who runs the show of my life now. But that was definitely the spiritual smackdown. Oh, man. I mean, so much. I have one question. What was the time lapse from when this all started to that day that you woke up in your Honda Civic and you were like, what the hell? How did I actually end up here? So I had started pretty much alienating family and friends for about a year just because I wasn't proud of my life and I couldn't hide it very well. So it was better to keep them at a very far arm's distance and only show them what they want, what I wanted them to see. 
so that had already been in the process. My 25th birthday in November, I remember feeling like I wanted to break up with him that night and being like, no, 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 Christmas is coming. Don't do that. New year, new possibilities. And it was Christmas and it was a new year. Then it was his birthday. And it was just like, I'm not going to make it to Valentine's Day. This has got to end. So I broke up with him before Valentine's Day. So right away, he fired me. So I ended up having to go work far away. I had to go work far away. But then it took about a month for everything to line up in a way where there was no money. So by March, first or second week of March, I'm sleeping in my car. So wild. And then this is like, I mean, how many years ago is this? This is exactly six years ago. My 25th birthday was November 25th, and I'm going to be 32, so seven years ago. Okay, so then seven years ago, there's Melanie, who's like sleeping in her car, to Melanie, who is having her birthday, her 32nd birthday in a couple weeks, and is, you just hit $2 million in your business. Like, what has happened? Like, what was like the first thing that happened, you know, that created this shift for you? Well, for me, it was all about my relationship with myself. So the first thing that shifted was me. I really understood that I had, I really did not have the knack when it came to relationships. I had so much fears of not being enough, of people not loving me if they knew all of me and like just just really didn't understand relationships, not with men, not with women, not with friends, not with family, because it all stems with my relationship with myself. So the first deep dive I ever took was the one in radical self-responsibility, self-love, self-care, really understanding how to become what I now coin magic on legs, like how to be the kind of person that magnetizes people. People want to be your friend. Men want to be your partner. Your your parents are proud of you. Your siblings want to hang out with you. Like how do you become that person? So that was the first journey for me. And I love that you use the term radical self-love because I think sometimes we hear like self-love and everyone thinks it's just this like fluff thing, but it is so essential that that is where the starting point is. Mm, a million percent. And you've got to, the hardest thing is when it's starting from, what is it called? A spiritual smackdown. <laughs> when you're discovering the love from a place of spiritual smackdown, it's so easy to be not only letting the spirit smack you down, but also being smacking yourself down and being really mad that you got yourself where you are and actually being so upset with yourself that you're, you're making it worse. So that's kind of where it was for me. There was just so much self-loathing and hatred and disappointment in myself that I was making everything exponentially worse. So this radical self-love, self-responsibility moment came, it was just like, I'm gonna have to love this human I was given because she's messing up out of fear that nobody loves her and I'm starting this crap. Like I've got I've got to stop this because it all starts with me. This is where I'll often talk about, you know, pe people are afraid people won't like me. And I'm like, which people? And I'm like, well, people. I'm like, which people? The ones in your head? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, okay. You do know the ones in your head don't exist, right? You you made them up. So technically the people in your head are you. Yes, this conversation with self is so good and like bringing that awareness and, and almost creating this identity for that little voice that's inside your head so that rather than that voice and that conversation being you, now you can disconnect from it, right? And now you can look at that voice and those people and those thoughts that you're making up inside your head and beating yourself up about and actually be like, wait a minute. If I am me and I'm witnessing the things that you're saying, then you can't be me. Those people and those things that you're telling me have to be thoughts that are just like creeping up. And then you can disconnect for yourself from those things and actually start to identify with your soul. So that is definitely true, what you're saying. What happened for me was the opposite. What I realized is that the voices were me, which means there were no people. Right. Like there were no people that didn't love me. Like I made the people up in my head. I made the people up. I made the conversation up. So who are the people? They're me. So it was my projection of my own lack of self-love that was creating the people I thought didn't love me. There was no truth in that. So it all stemmed from a me that didn't love me, that projected on people that didn't exist inside my own mind and created conversations between me and me that I projected as other people in my head to support, to create supportive evidence that I was right when I, when I wasn't. So the biggest shift was to say, like, there are no people. This is me. So if I'm the one creating the voices of these hateful people, then it, I need to freaking love myself because these voices aren't going away if I'm the one inventing them. 
Oh my gosh. Yes. And do you remember, because I, you know, I'm imagining this Melanie who went through this spiritual smackdown pretty quickly. And this is why I asked the timeline because so many people go through these spiritual smackdowns and some people's smackdowns are like 15 years long and some people's are like three months, you know, and the epicness and the huge scale of the things that can happen in a millisecond that SmackDown can just come and like womp you on the booty in one second. And you're like, whoa, like, where did that come from? You know? So after all this time and after all the things that had happened, what was that one second where you were able to realize like, wait a minute, this is just me. Like, I'm just making all this shit up in my head. And like, now is the moment. What gave you the bravery in that moment on that day to say like, wait a minute, nope, this is just me. And I'm, I got to shift this. One moment that really stands out to me is I was really mad at my ex when he moved on. Even though I was the one that broke up with him, he got another girl immediately. After seven years, he got another girl immediately. And I was livid about it. Like it was literally giving me anxiety. I could not believe it. I felt so mad about it. And I felt like when then he fired me and my life's going down the toilet and his life seems to be going so well and it's not fair. And I remember having this moment, I'm sitting in my car and I literally Googled how to make your ex-boyfriend cry. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and like the page, the search page that came up was like the first thing at the top was like, how to have the relationship you want or something like that. And I literally felt ashamed of myself. I was like, oh my God. I just Googled how to make someone else cry. And Google was like, we have no one else search for that, you sad, terrible human being. Here's an alternative search. And I was just like, oh my gosh, how am I making this about him still? Like, how is this not about me trying to be happy? Like it was about him when I was with him and I was miserable. And now it's going to be about him when I'm not with him and I'm miserable. Like how much of this is going to be about other people, Melanie? That's where so often we give so much of our power away, right? When we don't recognize that we have that choice, that we get to choose and create our own happiness. One million percent. Okay, so Google provides you with something else not to make your ex cry. And what, yeah, where did you go from there? Well, this, this, how to have the relationship you want was all about like how to be the kind of person who has power and emotional intelligence. And it was like a whole new conversation I've never even thought of or heard of before. And I was just like, why have I never been taught this? Why isn't this what people teach? You know, what's with all the manipulation techniques that I've that have been passed down from generations? Pretend you don't care, pretend it doesn't hurt your feelings, make him jealous, find someone better, move on. You know, what what is all that that I'm usually make him hurt? So I kind of started realizing that I think there's a little bit more to life than what I was living. And I went down a rabbit hole of personal development. And this is where it really was I was addicted to every single concept and thought that I that would fall on my lap about how I could be a better human being. Because what really hit me is in fact, I had attracted and manifested this person in my life, which was a concept I was unfamiliar with. And then not only had I attracted and manifested this person, I had no boundaries, which was a new word I was learning about because I had managed to keep him in my life despite the lying and the cheating and the, all the things. And then it was like, oh my gosh, where where have I been consciously in, for the last seven years to have even been in this relationship? And how is it that now I'm out of this relationship and I'm sleeping in a car and I'm still mad at him? Like, what is happening? So it was just, there's too much about this world that I don't know. I'm going to I'm gonna go educate myself because clearly I have no idea what I'm doing. So I just kind of went down the rabbit hole. Yeah, I can totally relate to that because that's literally what happened to me during my spiritual smackdown. I just stepped up the book, A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. And I was like, what is this she's talking about? And I literally went down that same rabbit hole where I was just like, you know, I think I ordered like 10 books on Amazon the next day. I was just like diving into all of the things, you know, I had never meditated before. I was like literally just deep dive into spiritual work and it like blew my mind. I was like, how have I never heard of this? How have I never been taught this? Like, where are all these ideas coming from? And I think when we like go down that rabbit hole quick, that's when we like change the trajectory of our whole entire life in that instant. Well, and the funny thing is when my mom died and my like first big spiritual smackdown came and I reached for a yoga video at the age of 12, my spiritual journey started without even knowing it, right? So I feel like that smackdown 
often comes when we aren't in touch with this deeper side of ourselves, where we don't know how to care for ourselves or love ourselves before the waves of difficulty and tragedy and bankruptcy or whatever it is, heartbreak. If we don't know how to spiritually care for ourselves before these things come along, then how cool is it that all of a sudden we find ourselves on the cement floor, like grasping for something and their spirit comes, there the work comes, right? To be like, hey, you know, that here's a thing that can really uplift you and change your life. If we had the tools, it wouldn't be a spiritual smackdown. It would be a opportunity for emotional intelligence. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The reason it kicks us is because we don't have the tools. Yeah, I just love that. And so now, now that you have this toolkit, what does a spiritual smackdown look like for you now? I don't have spiritual smackdowns now because the refractory period for any uncomfortable feeling is significantly shorter and the impact is non-existent because I'm completely responsible for everything that occurs. So anything that happens right now gets handled immediately. And it, I have standards for myself that are so high that before anything could get even close to in trouble, I'm already feeling a dissonance. I'm already feeling out of alignment. Like my alignment work is so sharp. My energy is so squeaky, crystal clean. It would be impossible to miss something the way I had missed everything else in my life for that spiritual smackdown to occur. Now, having said that, I'm not in a place like when you say, you know, one of your spiritual smackdowns, you lost your mother. I don't know that you can be prepared for that. I don't know that there's anything that you can do that's not going to smack you upside the head when that happens. So I'm also blessed that there are no things that are occurring in my life right now that are taking me outside of, of what I know. So any pains, any stress, any anxiety, any fear, any anything that would have taken me out of the game so far, I know how to handle because of the work that I've done. But what I do have is a, a strong belief that no matter what could happen in my world right now, I can take it. No matter what pain comes in my world right now, because of the emotional intelligence work I've done, I'm going to just feel the pain and I'm going to come through it alive. And I feel like I can't speak this into certainty because it hasn't happened. But I feel like with the amount of work that I put in, you know, I, I feel that I would just go through the pain. I would cry. I would hurt and I would heal on the other side after what I've been through. And that would just have to be what it is. I think that's what so many people struggle with too, is having the smackdown come and just not knowing what to do with it. I feel like everyone has these smackdowns. Everyone has hard lessons and things that arise in their world. But the more you do the work, the more consistent you get, the more practiced you get in just what you said, like allowing these things to move through you and to experience them, but not to let them shake you down. The thought that comes to my mind when you're talking about this is like a sports injury. Let's say I decide that I'm just going to become like a runner tomorrow with no training and I'm going to go running and I'm going to tear a muscle really badly because I don't know what I'm doing and I'm, I'm going to hurt myself. So after this, I learned my lesson. I'm like, oh, you can't just decide that you're a racer or a runner. You've got to build up to it. Same as I can't decide I'm a bodybuilder and start trying to lift 150 pounds. I'm going to, I'm going to hurt myself. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to get a private trainer, and I'm going to actually learn how to sh shape and strengthen every muscle in my body. And then you ask me the question, which muscles in your body rip uncontrollably now? And I'm like, well, they don't. Because now I've gone to the gym and I've worked out every single muscle and I know what to do and I don't do that anymore because the first time I had the tear. But nothing protects me from you know, getting out of bed funny and slipping and ripping a muscle or something like that. Nothing protects me from that. However, if it were to happen, I would also know it would be okay because the first time I tore something I didn't think would repair and it did. So there's just something that happens once you've been through the spiritual smackdown and had the awareness and the wherewithal to take yourself out of it and build yourself from it. If you've actually done the work, I think it's, you don't really get another one quite the same way because First of all, you're working out the pieces that caused the tear in the first place. And second of all, there's an awareness that no matter what happens, you're going to be okay that wasn't there the first time. Yeah. Okay. So as you're talking here, what I jump into, and obviously like you're our business coach. So what I jump into, I hear you talking about training and you're like, okay, if I'm just going to go at it alone and I'm going to like rip a muscle or I'm going to like hire the professional to guide me. Can we like flip into like 
business for a minute too of like when you then flip into like growing a business and talking, you know, you're talking about squeaky clean energy and being in alignment. So when I first started my business, I really just had no expectation. I didn't know what was going to happen. I was far more interested and happy and excited about the fact I was doing work that set my soul on fire than how much money I was making. Because even though I was good at my other job, one day it dwindled and I was living in my car. Plus it was soul sucking work. Like there was nothing enlightened about it at all. And all of a sudden now I'm building my own business, but it's all aligned to work. And I didn't care how little money or how much money I made as long as I never had to go back to being nothing again. Like I felt like I would be willing to to live whatever life it took to keep doing that work. That's how it felt for me when I first started as a coach. So there was no huge goal. I didn't start thinking this is what's going to make me a millionaire. To be honest, it was really for the purpose and who I was becoming while I was doing this work. That's really what was getting me lit up. And when the money started to come, it felt really exciting. But what's really funny about the way my journey started is I didn't know any other coaches because I started offline completely. I had a brand called The Invisible Coach. And literally, I listened to books of speakers, public speakers and authors, but I didn't know any other, I don't know, there was other 25-year-olds on the internet making bank. If I would have known that, I would have had a very different journey, I'm sure of it. I thought there was me, Tony Robbins, and Esther Hicks. <laughs> like, I didn't know there was anybody else in this world doing this work. So every dollar I made, I blew my own mind. I was so grateful with every dollar, every client, every opportunity. I spoke about what I was doing like I was like, I was a miracle, like no one else on the planet knew this work. So it was like a very slow beginning because I had no one to calibrate to. So if you know the story of like the four minute mile, people couldn't run a mile in four minutes. It was impossible until someone did it. And the minute someone did it, loads of people started doing it. So it was kind of like that for me. I had no evidence that you could be really rich doing this. Now, when I, I put my brand online, when I opened up Alpha Femme and really started on the internet, it took all of one year to go from a business that was like good and impressive to my family to a business that just blew my head off. Like I couldn't understand what was happening. I tripled my income. But again, it was, I didn't do anything different. I just put it online. So more people were finding me and in being an energetic alignment and never fearing lack because I had experienced the worst lack I could ever experience and I survived. And instead of going down that path of like, oh my gosh, this needs to never happen to me again. How I felt about it was no matter what happens to me, I'm going to be okay. That's how I came out of that dark night of the soul. So I felt very brave and in my confidence was not, this is going to work. I'm going to be amazing. The confidence was no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. And it made me able to try everything I wanted to try as many times as I wanted without fearing if it didn't work this time, well, I'll try it again next time and I'll tweak things and we'll figure it out. Like there was no timeline for me where I needed to make it. Another reason there was no timeline is because the bankruptcy was creating that for seven years, I thought I would have no credit. And I believed my life was going to be on pause for seven years for two reasons. Number one, I thought it took me seven years to love the guy I was with that much. So I never thought I'd love another person until seven years from then. That's the story I was telling myself. And the second story is that I would be broke until I was 32 because, well, I was bankrupt. So how could I be not broke? So I had no pressure on myself whatsoever, except for just being in alignment, acting in alignment and doing what I, what I wanted to do. So the business just started growing from a place of no forward leaning in energy, not trying to do or fix just leaning back, being the best version of me I could, leading myself and offering from the bottom of my heart the most deep connected coaching that I possibly could to the women who chose me as their coach. And my business grew and it grew and it grew and it grew. And I had no money, no money fears because it all felt like a miracle. And it all felt like even if it left, I'd be fine. It just always felt surprising. It was around every corner. It was just surprise and surprise and surprise. And I was often asked to teach about money or would think about teaching about money. And I didn't think I was making it up. Even when I was making $50,000 a month, I thought, mm, that's not enough money to teach about money. Just had this, this block about thinking I wasn't even making enough to teach about money. One month, a client of mine put it on my path. Like I, she wanted to buy a money program. And I just said, I have one. It's starting in two weeks. And I was going on vacation. I had no plans of making a money program, but I went on vacation and channeled my exponential wealth program over a couple of nights on vacation. And the month I launched exponential wealth, I made $150,000. 
My business tripled in one month. And the first thought I had at the end of that month is I will never do this again. There's no way. I don't understand how I did this. So I'll never do this again. And that's the first time I really hired a coach. Before that, the coaches I had had were not the kind of coach that they were more consultants. Like when I look back at the coaches I had, they had no idea what they were doing. They were not the right coaches for our business model. So this is the first time I ever hired a coach. And I hired her because she was making consistent six-figure months. And I said to myself, if I have this thought after my first month, I'll have it on my second and my third and my fourth. If I don't have someone in my life showing me that my dreams are possible, I'm going to think this. So I led myself the best I could. And in the, in the, within the minutes that I made the money, I started asking my clients if they could, if they had a mentor that came to mind for me. One of my clients pointed me in, in my coach's direction. I hired her within 20 minutes, paid in full. That was it. And I just knew that I was going to tear a muscle if I went at the rest of this alone, because scaling and building are two very different energies. Yeah. And I love that this conversation has led towards like into like money, money mindset, like where you had no fears, because what we've been talking about a ton with our audience is having that wealthy mind playing in that realm of desire of wealth and really stepping into your, your own wealthy mind. What do you think is the quickest way for someone to like ignite that in themselves to just really being able to step into their own wealthy mind? For me, I talk a lot about collapsing time. The way that I, I speak about collapsing time, because it was actually brought to my attention that someone else talks about this. And I was like, what? So I Googled it. I looked at it. I listened to it. It's not at all what I mean. So I'm going to tell you what it means to me to collapse time, just because it's a different concept when I feel into it, when I use it. But what it really means is that instead of trying to create something I've never created, I collapse time, meaning I make it happen faster to create what I've already created again. Because so many people are trying to connect to the energy of being a millionaire or being where it's rich or being wealthy, and they don't feel that. And they're trying to pull this energy in, but they don't have it, which means what they're really connecting to is the lack of it. And they're trying to be successful and they're trying to be positive and they're trying to be rich and they're trying to be all these things that are outside of where they really are. And in trying to reach so far outside of themselves, falling short every time and what they're experiencing is the lack of what they desire far more than the thing they desire especially because of the time that it will take in their mind between where they are and where they're going so the way I build my life and the way I build my goals is that I focus on what I have I feel full gratitude for what I have I celebrate like my life depends on it like my business depends on it I really feel the feelings of what I have and I collapse time around how fast it takes me to do that again over and over and over again. So the first time I made $100,000 in a year blew my mind. And then I made $100,000 in a quarter. And then I made $100,000 in a month. And then I made $100,000 in a week. And then I made $100,000 in two days. That's my fastest. So instead of trying to get behind the energy of making $10 million, I play with the energy of making $100,000 faster. Does that make sense? Yes, totally. And I'm just thinking of like all of our people out there and all the listeners who are in business and who look at women like you and rather than focusing on what you've just said, like that ambition to collapse time and to do what we've already done faster. I think there are so many women out there who look at you or look at you know, women who are like 10 steps ahead of them and think that themselves, and I mean, you've already said this, you've already touched on this, but they stay attached to that lack mentality because they're like, well, how am I going to do what she's done? And I love that what you've done is connected that to your own doing rather than attaching yourself to this big major goal that feels so out of touch and so out of reach. Can you just repeat what you've done and collapse time and do that faster and then do it faster and then do it faster. To me, that feels like a much softer way to duplicate and to replicate the successes and the celebrations and the exciting things in our business. One million percent. This to me is when I talk about feminine energy goal setting, this is the magic for me. Because this way, when I choose a mentor, when I look it up to other women that are inspiring me, that are doing incredible things, I'm not creating a sense of competition between me and them, which is what women often do when they pick a mentor. They're like, I want to be as good as her. I want to do what she's doing. I want to have that. And it's very masculine driven energy, which creates a, a break in the relationship, 
And it's always like, I want you to teach me what you did so I can kick your ass. And it's such an ugly. It sounds awful. To, to get leadership. <laughs> and this is, it sounds awful. And I've been on the receiving end of people who thought that's how it works. And to be honest, it feels awful because then they think they've gotten everything they need out of you and then they cut you off. And that's just not, that's not the relationships I wanted to have with women on the planet. Like I want to take women to where they want to go, not by doing it for them, not by being a competition that they need to get up against until they hate me and I represent something they hate. I want to be the inspiration. I want to be the muse. I want to be the magic on legs that they look at and they say, if she can do it, I can do it while giving them the tools to collapse time and to compete only with the women they were yesterday, because then together we rise. If you're competing with the women around you that have what you want, we don't rise together. When you compete with who you were yesterday and are inspired by the women around you leading the path, together we rise. And that's the kind of future that I'm inspired by. Mm, I love that. What about for the person who is like just getting started, the person who's just getting started and they're like, okay, collapsing time, but like, they're like, I haven't even done anything yet. So if you're just starting and you haven't done anything yet, the last thing on your mind should be being wealthy tomorrow. It should be like, what does your life feel like when you're free when your day gets to look the way you want it to, when your work on this planet is based on your alignment and your passion, when you get to live a life that's completely congruent with who you are as a human being, where you get to lead yourself so strong and be such a beautiful example for the world that people want to pay you so they can learn how, what a privilege. Get clear on where you lead yourself the most. Get clear on your leadership towards yourself. How well do you lead yourself? How well do you lead others? And how well are you led? Tap into that with yourself, like be the best version of you, get your ducks in a row. And then when money starts coming in, collapse time, do it again. And celebrate that shit. Two of my favorite things that you've taught us are to A, celebrate because Jack and I were not very great at that. And it's something that we're still like sinking into. And I wonder if there are other women, I mean, I'm sure there are other women out there who are listening who are like, oh my God, I just get so caught up in the big goal, you know, and something that you've just said is like, yeah, if you're not in this for the purpose and the impact and the feeling of service and connection, then only being attached to a money goal is not going to result in the money, you know, so quit, try something else, start over. And the other thing that you've taught me more than anything else, and I repeat this to myself every single day is lead yourself like lead yourself first. And I can't remember what it was during one of your trainings, but you were like, you know, if there's a woman who's not willing to be led, like every single female leader, every single coach, every single mentor, every single business owner has to be willing to be led. I was like, yeah, of course they do. You know, like, what does it say about someone who's out in the world, just like busting through brick walls on their own being like, you know, and this goes back to that separation between women and that competition and that comparison that comes in when women are just like, nope, I'll do this on my own. I don't need anyone to lead me. I can climb this mountain on my own. I got this. I got this. I got this. And, you know, when we're talking about spiritual smackdown, all I can think about is like that womp that that person is going to get that makes them realize like, ooh, actually, If I'm going to make change, if I'm going to have impact, if I'm going to do this for myself, then I have to be willing to be led. A million percent. Because the fact is, this is the hypocrisy of it all. It's like, I want to lead. I want to tell people what to do. Well, I don't need to be led. I know what I'm doing. In all areas, you know what you're doing everywhere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what I'm doing. How did you find out? Well, I did it on my own. So then why should people pay you then if they can do it on their own? Oh, no, no, they need me. Yeah, this is literally like, I think the thing that I've learned most and the favorite thing that I've learned from you is that calibration of energy that like where you talked about briefly a few minutes ago about the, you know, the first person who ran the the four minute mile, like it was so hard for that person. It was so hard for that person. But why wasn't it as hard for all the people that followed? So this is one of my favorite analogies that I that I talk about with my private clients. And I'm you're kind of on that level with me now because in the hypermind you get the private calls. So we do have some deep calls that we I haven't talked to you about this yet. So when I was at my my worst, my spiritual smackdown, what basically happened is I found myself naked and afraid in the woods with a wolf chasing me. And I learned to run really fast because there was a wolf chasing me. 
And yes, I learned to run fast. I learned to run so freaking fast. It's incredible. And I've done the most incredible things because of the ability to run. But I, in hindsight, I realized that what I did was one of the easiest things because it's easy to learn to run fast when there's a wolf chasing you. You run very differently when there's a wolf chasing you than you do when you're trying to make it to the car real quick or when you're, you know, leisurely running on the beach. There's a very different energy. So what I do with my clients is I teach them to run as fast as I do without the wolf. Oh, yes. I love that because I think like so often I feel like, yeah, people just like hit that glass ceiling, that plateau, and they're like, okay, like I can't go beyond this, you know? Yeah. So the reason it's harder for the person that's going through it is because they're up against all the problems, all the fears, all the hell, all the things. But like once someone else has done it, like I get to, I could run that fast and I don't need the wolf. I can just run. I can just believe in myself like that. I can collapse time like that. I can learn this. I can get this. I can understand that without the earth shattering circumstance. So I feel like that's, that's a big piece of calibrating is you have a life circumstance that happens that allows you to access a superpower. And then you open that superpower so people can calibrate to it without needing the life circumstance. It's, magic it's giving people time back it's it's giving people the power without the pain well and something in my body completely shifted while you were telling that story like my energy while you were telling the story about the woman running from the wolf versus the woman running towards her goals who's just like or her car or whatever you know like not in that life-threatening situation I felt this like oh my gosh okay I gotta hustle I gotta go I gotta like survive versus, okay, like, it's fine if I'm late. Like, you know, like, I'll run to my car, but like, it's still fine if I'm late. And I'm wondering, what's the difference between this, like, big, massive goal, and this, like, desire to lead and this desire to have a massive impact, versus the need to stay alive? And for you, like, is there a difference between helping all these women change their lives versus avoiding bankruptcy or does it feel like the same urgency? Uh, This is probably my favorite question anyone's ever asked me on a podcast. So the bigger the why, the easier the how. I think it was Jim Rohn that said that. The bigger the why, the easier the how. The greater the reason why you're doing something, the easier it's going to be for you to figure out how to do it. So why a lot of people run from pain easily is because they're running from pain. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't want the pain. That's a huge motivator. Huge motivator. Now. The thing is, there's like three different energies. There's the running away from, there's the running towards, and there's the feeling like there's no need to run. And I think that for a lot of people in life, they only ever access the not feeling like they need to run, which is the comfort zone, and the needing to run from, which is the fear or the problem. And they bounce back and forth in their life with this all their life, trying to get comfortable. I'm on a diet until I've lost the weight. Then I can go back to what I do. Then I don't feel good. Then I go back on a diet. I go to bed early when I go to bed too late. Then I go back, I go to bed late 10 nights in a row until I can barely function. I have a headache. Then I go to bed early. I stay with this guy that's not good for me for way too long. And then I'm not comfortable anymore. So I break up with him. And then we go from bad to good, bad to good, bad to good. The shift from good to great is the one where you understand how to run towards what you desire. And what I have found is that that is where the universe plays with us. When we're being in our human experience, when we're literally just running from the pain to the comfort, back to the pain, back to the comfort, back to the pain, we're having a human experience. We're not tapping into the magic the universe can support us with. No potentiality, no magic, no miracle, just a human doing their best. The universe responds to desire, not lack. It doesn't speak lack. The universe doesn't speak lack. When you're asking the universe for things and you're in a lack, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't compute. It's just like, I don't know what you're asking of me. Figure it out when you know what you want. Come back. So what has really shifted my world now is that I understand desire. And desire came through for me the month that I made my biggest month ever. And I realized that I wanted to do it again but I didn't need it again. And in the realization that I didn't need it again, it hit me that I wouldn't do it again. It really just felt like I don't need to do this again. What's ever going to get me here 
again, it was a fluke. I didn't push to this. I didn't run to this. How did I get this? Just out of alignment and desire, I could feel how simple it had been to get there. And when I looked at my past motivators and what would usually get me to move in the past, which were either comfort or fear, neither one of them could get me back to a $150,000 month. You don't get to $150,000 out of comfort and you don't get there out of fear either. So with what I knew, I never would have been able to get back. So what started happening was what do I want? What do I desire for my life? What if I dream bigger? Why would I want to have $150,000 a month? Why do I want to make millions of dollars in a year? Who would I be? What would I do with that? How would it change my life? What's the desire? And when I really learned to play with desire without lack, because a desire with lack is still a need or a want that feels like a need. I want that so bad. I just want that. It's still a need. Desire without lack activates the universe. But you've got to be so clear about who you're going to be in the face of all your dreams coming true. And it's got to be good. Like, how is this benefiting the world that you get what you desire? And the more, the more good I do with the money I have, and the more women around me rise, the more my business grows, and the more my family benefits from the wealth I have, the more money comes in, the more effortless it is, the better the clients I attract, and it's unstoppable, and it's effortless, because it's growing with the universe from a place of desire without lack. Oh man, desire without lack activates the universe. I just love that. And I love where you really talk about like the, the realm of potentiality. Yeah, like everything is possible if you interact with it. Like when you interact with potentiality, it becomes possible. The problem is we tend to interact with the potentiality we don't want for some reason. Like we think about the what if that we really don't want out of like trying to protect our feelings around it. Like, let me just think about what if I never become rich and I'm a disappointment for the rest of my life. Cause that's possible. Like, let, let's think of that for a minute, but we, we don't tend to play so easily with what if I get everything I ever desired in life? What if I got it all? What if it worked? What if this just worked? What if I was rich? What if my kids never had to worry about anything? What if I created something so big, my grandkids education is already paid for? What if for generations, my family's set? What if I've created a legacy that transcends my lifetime? What if I teach my family to teach the world about wealth? What if I've started something that forever, what if, what if, what if? We don't play in that realm enough. When we interact with it, we bring it into our lives. Obsessed. So obsessed. <laughs> like for me, I'm like, okay. And that's all anyone ever needs to know to run towards their desires and stop running from their fears. What if? Like what if all the good things happen, right? What if you let go of all of your fears and just imagine that all of those great, beautiful, miraculous things that you don't allow yourself to dream of are actually possible. Yeah, because it's so freaking simple. What else, What if is the realm of potentiality? Like The realm of potentiality is what if. That's exactly what it is. What if. What if this, then that? What if this, then that? What if this, then that? That is potentiality at, at its core is those two words. What if. We have the power to take that question and turn that what if into a negative what if or a positive what if. A hundred percent, because both are equally potential in the universe. You're right. What if it fails? You're right. But you're right. Exactly. What if it works? What if it works? What if this works? If you ask yourself this question, what if this is the man of my dreams? We grow old together and it's perfect forever. <laughs> exactly. What if I have the best kids in the universe? What if? What if we get the house of our dreams? What if this thing works? What if it works? What if it works? Why would you spend time thinking about anything else? I have like the biggest smile on my face and butterflies in my stomach. You know, when we start talking about life in that way, in that potential, like, oh my God, what yeah. if, and this is so funny because, you know, I'm in your realm all day. I'm like in your inbox and I get to have calls with you. But every time we have this conversation, it literally is just like sparkles. Like what if? You know, so I hope that all of our listeners yeah. are also experiencing that magic right now because, yeah, what if? What if it all worked for you? What if everything that you choose leads to all of the greatness, more greatness than you could possibly ever imagine? I love that. And what if the thoughts you interact with in the potential realm are on their way to you always? Then wouldn't it be worth asking what if it works? What if it works? 
All right, guys, Melody, thank you so much for all of, I mean, there's so much gold in this. Like Rob said, like she is just over there grinning. My cheeks are literally sore because I have such a huge smile on my face. (laughs) I have all of the butterflies and you have been such a gift in our world. And I mean, we are just learning from you at rapid pace and stepping into our next level selves and learning how to truly, you know, lead ourselves and lead other women and just such a treat to have you here and introducing you to our audience for anyone who is new to your world. Where do they find you? So I really operate with social media. I love connecting with people and I feel like that's the place where you're really going to get the real me. Screenshot and time on a perfectly manicured website is not who I am. I change every day. So if you want to see the real updated version of Melanie 2.0 today, it's my real life on social media is where you're going to find me. So you can just add me as a friend on Facebook. I have a free group on Facebook called Alpha Femme where I do lives in there and master classes, which is really great. I have a business page and my Instagram. My Instagram also, I post a lot of fun things in my story and in my actual, like the, the grid or the news feed on Instagram. Uh, I post a lot of super awesome, valuable stuff in there as well. So social media is definitely the the way to connect with me. And guys, you know how much we love social media. So as you're listening today, share your favorite takeaways, make sure you tag Melanie, make sure you tag us so that we can give you some love back so we can celebrate you. Thank you so much, Melanie, for yeah, just sharing layers of your spiritual smackdown with us. Thank you for being honest and so open and leading our listeners to ask them ask themselves the question, what if, what if it all works? Absolutely. It's been my pleasure to be here. And I just want to say to all the listeners listening to this, like, I have a huge privilege in my life to see these two women work behind the scenes and what kind of work they put in for you, for you in this podcast, for you in their programs. For you on their on their feed, their social media, like how to always give you the best extraordinary experience and the amount of dedicated care they put in to give you the experience they want blows me away. Like when I think of leaders in this world and women who deserve to be standing in positions of leadership, these two women are shining examples of that. You're in such beautiful hands. And if there's anything they're doing that stands out to you and feels like a hell yes, go for it. These women are the real deal. They walk the talk. They inspire me every single day. And I I just wanted you to know that what they're doing behind the scenes to make sure you're supported is a masterpiece. Oh, thank you, Melanie. Thank you so much. Now that we went from smiles to like literally like tears. Tears. um, (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I love you. We love you too. Keep being magical. Hi, Wild Femmes. Thanks for tuning in to the Spiritual Smackdown podcast. We so hope you enjoyed that episode as much as we did. Honestly, Jack at the end was like, oh, my cheeks hurt. And I was smiling so hard. And then Jack cried and she entered a coaching call with like this massive mascara black eye and all of the epicness. So guys, if you're wondering what's next for you, if you're like, yes, I am ready for more. I'm ready for that next level. We have Up Level, The Wealthy Mind, starting November 26th. Up Level is the space where you're going to come to up level your income, to step into the next level of wealth, to get the bank rolling, and to get your business working for you in a way that feels flowy and easy and natural, because that's how you lead yourself to total abundance. And we're going to teach you how. And guys, we also have our two to one coaching, our immersion program where you're ready to step into like quantum leaps in your business. You want that focused attention from two queens who are ready to lead you. We tap into human design. We tap into copy that converts. We tap into wealthy mindset. All of it is housed in this immersion program. Guys, we can't wait to be here. We can't wait to cheerlead for you, to keep you accountable, to give you the tools and resources you need to up-level your life and business. For all the wild women out there who are ready to rise, we got you, we love you, we see you, we hear you. Thanks for following along with us and get in touch. If you're ready to do this thing, get in touch with us at DM us at ForTheWildFemme on Instagram or send us an email at rise at ForTheWildFemme.com. 
Thank you so much for joining us today. There really is nothing better than bringing a group of grown-ass women together. So go ahead and hit subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and come get real with us every week as we spit our truths and get ready to rise. And if you know other women down to get real, please do us a favor and share this episode on the socials. Take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram at ForTheWildFemme so we can give you a shout out. Instagram is definitely our favorite place to hang. So come join the combo there and we'll see you back here each and every Thursday. Thank you so much for being here. Get ready to rise. Love you, ladies. If you resonated with the messages in this podcast, we would love if you left us a review on iTunes or if you shared this with your community, you can tag the Fem Podcast on Instagram. If you're wanting to take this work just a little bit deeper, hop inside the weekly. Every week we meet, we've got guest coaches covering a wide array of topics on personal growth, development, to really help you sink into living your best life, to curating the lifestyle that really sets your soul on fire and choose what you pay. So you can pay whatever you like, $11.33 or $77 for the entire month. You also get access to all of the recordings. Go take advantage every single month. We also donate part of the proceeds to a change-making organization. So while you are giving back to yourself and really connecting yourself with an incredible community, you're also giving back to the world. So we love you so much. We can't wait to see you inside that community to make change, to spark Uh, more collective love together. And as always, we're so appreciative for you and we love you so much. So thanks for listening and we'll see you right back in this same place next week.